Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Seeing those two lines on a white stick could be that single most significant moment that completely changes your life. But some birth experiences can leave women with feelings of constant fear, isolation, and a complete lack of control. Amy Dawes is the executive director and co-founder of the Australasian Birth Trauma Association. She has experienced birth trauma and through her foundation aims to help others. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, Um, good. Now, the words birth trauma can mean different things to different people. How do you, in your association, define it? Um, I think one really important thing to remember is birth trauma is in the eye of the beholder. So um, what could look like a perfectly normal um, or positive birth experience to one person could be extremely traumatizing for another So um, we support women and their families that have either experienced psychological and or physical birth trauma. So the psychological component could be um, being separated from the baby at birth. um, And uh, as a result of that, there could be problems with bonding and attachment um, or really extreme feelings of uh, fearing for their their babies or or their own lives Um, and in turn partners can also experience that and then um, right through to the spectrum of physical trauma which is actually sustaining quite significant injuries um, during the birth process and in fact women that have experienced physical trauma may not identify their birth as traumatic but what is what has contributed to psychological trauma is living with the day-to-day fallout of their particular injuries that they've sustained. So you've mentioned there the possible physical um, trauma that has its consequences that, that keeps on rolling after yeah. the birth itself. Um, what are some feelings that they, mums and dads might experience if they've had a traumatic birth? Um, so from a psychological component, um, it's feeling um, that, that there's a huge spectrum. So first and foremost, go and check out our website. Um, but some maybe some alarm bells personally if you're going through it, if you've just had a baby. Um, it's, perhaps it could identify itself as being hypervigilant where you're very scared that something's going to happen to the baby. Um, you spend a lot of time fearfully watching, watching over that baby. Um, it could present itself as um, not being able to sleep or when you're sleeping, you may have trouble um, with uh, quite vivid uh, nightmares. Um, there's a range. So the, the big misconception with birth trauma or women are often misdiagnosed um, as having postnatal depression when in fact they've probably got um, uh, perhaps symptoms, psychological symptoms relating to their birth. So you, there are actually a range of mental health disorders that could be as a result of birth trauma. So that could encompass postnatal depression, but it, it could also encompass something like um, post-traumatic stress disorder. We're starting to see more diagnosis for that, but there isn't a specific 
um, I guess, measuring tool at this stage that doctors may use. Um, so it's often not identified and women are treated for postnatal depression and that won't actually help um, PTSD. I hope this that you're following this. But also yeah. other things like OCD um, or extreme anxiety. These are all factors that could have been triggered by a traumatic birth. Um, for mm. fathers, it's really important, or fathers or partners, it's really important, obviously, um, to, to, to reference those um, in same-sex relationships. But um, there, it can it can be really hard for the person, the carer, witnessing the birth because when we're going through it, we might not necessarily uh, remember that exact experience. But our caregiver watching on. Well, could have experienced extreme feelings of feeling like they're going to lose their partner or they're going to lose their baby. And it's really important that um, they maybe take a, uh, some time to speak out or speak to someone that they trust or seek help if they're, um, if they're starting to um, notice some behaviours that aren't really normal for them, I suppose. You're creating a video of women sharing the impact of birth trauma and what they That's wish. Right. And yep. your question is, what do you wish you'd been told in childbirth education or during other pregnancies? Yeah. What are the sorts of things they're telling you? Oh, we've, we've got a huge amount. So um, I, I'd say from a physical trauma perspective that's a really big one that comes up because that was my own experience um, of a traumatic birth is that I sustained quite significant injuries now when I was diagnosed with my injuries I was 16 months postpartum and I found out that I had something called a prolapse which is where your pelvic organs don't sit where they're supposed to sit and um, I'd never heard of a prolapse before so I thought well I must be the only one um, we now know statistically that 50% of women that deliver a baby vaginally will end up with a prolapse. Um, and so we, in turn, support lots of women that have ended up with prolapse or severe pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, and yet they're not told that this is a consequence of vaginal birth. So um, we, uh, we see this common conversation happen where we'd like to see a more balanced approach to birth. Um, well, a more unbiased approach to how we give birth because a lot of information from be it public um, birth education classes to private birth education classes, the common conversation that sort of happens is you don't want a cesarean or don't worry about a cesarean. You're not going to have it because you're going to breathe this baby out. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, I literally had a conversation with a mum today that she did, she did, I won't say the name of the course, but she did a particular course and she tried to ask about cesarean sections and that is exactly what happened. She was told, no, you'll be fine. And uh, she actually ended up having a really traumatic instrumental delivery and has ended up with... Um, quite significant birth injuries that have she's she's actually been I think it's called medic medically retired as wow. a result of her injuries that is huge and and I think it's important to know that for some women um, prolapse may not have a huge ongoing psychological um, impact but for many many others it has a huge impact to have your organs not sit where they're supposed to be. Mm. And I think it's really important to have a conversation about these things in the, in the um, antenatal period or during um, 
you know, when you're speaking to your health professional um, through your pregnancy. And that's a common theme that we hear from other women, um, that they, they feel the same. What's the line between enough and then too much information? Because when it comes to childbirth, I, I didn't need to know about birth injuries to be terrified of labour. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I can understand when people argue about empowering women to feel like their bodies are capable of giving birth. Mm. Um, how do you mm. balance between wanting women to feel strong enough and capable enough to give birth and then to be informed of what can happen if the birth doesn't go according to plan? Siobhan, that is just, it's the best question. And it's still a question that we're, it's kind of a work in progress with us. Um, I totally hear what you're saying about you, you didn't need to hear anything um, scary to put you off giving birth. And so many of us feel like that, don't we? It's mm-hmm. just like, sorry, what? La, 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 um, happy thoughts. Um, and uh, and it, it's, it is, it's a very fine line. And, and we sort of open up these conversations to health professionals who say, we can't tell women all the risks. A, there would just be, there, we would just be telling them the risks. There would never be any other conversation. Um, B, you know, we don't want to scare women. And I think it's really important to look at women on an individual basis. Um, so the fact is, for, for instance, um, physical trauma, uh, there is a higher incidence of um, physical trauma attributed to those women that are having babies for the first time over a certain age. And then there's other factors that come into play, which is the size of the baby. And I think that it's just really important that our health professionals acknowledge that the most important part of the body in the birthing process is the pelvic floor muscle. Now, we can't just assume that the pelvic floor muscle doesn't age like the rest of us. Mm. And yet we're simply not told anything about the pelvic floor muscle during um, the pregnancy. And and even if you are kind of told, you know, do your Kegels or you're told by well-meaning friends to do Kegels or pelvic floor exercises, about 70% of women will perform pelvic floor exercises incorrectly. So we would like to see our health professionals work together and collaborate we really advocate for a multidisciplinary approach between our healthcare providers and that is also works from families that are choosing their health professional it's probably quite important to think well where am I going to get my advice from am I just going to trust one person with all this advice or am I going to get a second opinion from this person perhaps I'm going to see a pelvic physio one stage during my pregnancy so I can see what my pelvic floor is doing and perhaps they can help prepare the most crucial part of the body for the birth process. So um, while that that isn't like a definitive answer, if there's any sort of um, mothers listening to this having their baby for the first time, my personal advice um, is to go and see a pelvic floor physio and have them assess your pelvic floor just to see where you're at. Um, Yeah, that's that's a big thing. Part of what you're talking about is obviously communication and how health professionals communicate and what they communicate to women who are about to give birth. Mm. Some birth trauma results from medical staff just not communicating well with their patients about what's Mm. happening, about what their Mm. choices are. And sometimes the stories you hear 
sound like a quite a shocking display of ignorance in terms of what women want to know when they're in childbirth. Um, is this a widespread problem, this um, idea of not having a good bedside matter, of having medical staff not explain things to mums? Is it a big problem? Uh, well, it's, that's a really good t- question as well. Uh, interestingly, I did. A, we've got a private support group with over a thousand women in it, and I asked um, quite recently, "What do you attribute to to the key factors of your traumatic birth?" Um, because I, I wear my hat. I'm very open about the fact that I sustained injuries, but. I am, ultimately, I'm just a mum on a very steep learning process. And I really wanted to know what those factors were that contribute to birth trauma. And yes, indeed, um, bedside manner or how um, you've been spoken to while you're in labour and giving birth can be a huge, huge factor that comes into play. Um, And those words, they... You know, we support women that had babies 20 years ago plus, and they can still remember the way they felt during that process. It's incredible. So what is it that um, Australasian Birth Trauma Association is pushing for? What changes do you think need to happen as soon as possible to change um, the way we communicate with mums? Um, You know, if... If this could happen, it would be wonderful. But it's very, I think intrinsically, there's quite a problem in the fact that um, our health systems are under quite a lot of pressure. And I think it's really important to remember that midwives and doctors in hospitals generally um, uh, have a huge task at hand and they do a wonderful job. Um, But perhaps when they're experienced, they they obviously get to witness trauma every day because this happens every day in hospitals all over Australia. And sadly, we don't have a system in place at the moment that supports our our health professionals. So that's something that we're working on is is actually providing support for those carers so they can be carers themselves. Because sadly, um, based on the feedback we get, it looks like that they might in fact... Um, forget that she's giving birth for the first time her experience is her experience in that moment and as a health professional you might have seen someone go through this and you might dismiss them because you've seen someone already go through this but you've got to remember that she or they as a family are they're an individual and they're going through this for the very first time and it's really important to remember the human factor of this uh, so, you know, so that's, that's the one factor is that we, we really want to see better support for our health professionals. Then the other factor is in terms of, um, uh, you know, trying to prevent the incidences of birth trauma, we really advocate for a multidisciplinary approach where we'd like to see our midwives, our doctors and pelvic physios work together because we see sometimes a really big push for one particular model of care and I don't necessarily personally believe that that's what our women want because women need experts in the field of their, you know, in their fields to deliver the information that's relevant. Um, so, for example, as I said before, like a, a pelvic physiotherapist, uh, you know, teaching women about the pelvic floor and that process in birth is probably very important. Um, and then lastly, we'd love to see um, all women see a postpartum physio um, or sorry, a pelvic physio after having a baby because they, again, they're the first, they're, they're checking the pelvic floor, they're checking ab separation. 
too often women rush to their GP to go and get, um, you know, the um, okay to continue with your life as it was pre-baby when we know very well that you are uh, very different after having a baby. So we would like to see better um, postnatal care happen in Australia as well. So kind of big ask. (laughs) Um, and that's kind of where bringing it back into the birth trauma awareness week our goal um, for this year is to actually identify what women want to hear um, during the um, you know in their childbirth education what do they wish they'd known Um, what they you know what what can we do better in that first incident to hopefully prevent um, the rates of birth trauma that we have here in Australia Amy, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for all the amazing work you do. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, as always. That's Amy Dawes, Executive Director and Co-Founder at the Australasian Birth Trauma Association, and they have a survey on their website. They're trying to work out how to make antenatal care better for women in Australia. We'll put the links to where you can find that survey in the notes to this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.